his life. And then he says to us, he says, he says, we're not paraphrasing, right? He says, if you can't pick up your cross, you can't be my disciple. There's some really tough words when it comes to following Jesus. Man, if I had more Bibles to make a point, I would rip the page out. But I don't want to do that to this Bible. I should have brought the old one. I could do that one. You know, when the passage of Scripture says, don't begin until you've counted the cost, it's saying, don't begin to follow me. Don't begin to follow Jesus until you can say, I am willing, Lord. I am willing, whatever comes, whatever happens, I am willing. You know, it's saying that we're prepared to take a position in a place where all that I have, God, I'm not going to use all that I have for me personally. I know that I, normally I would live with my finance here. Normally I would live with my strength here. Normally I would live with my insight here. Normally, God, I would live with my time here. That's all for me. But what we're saying, we're putting ourselves in a position and say, that's normally how I live every day. But for you, God, to make your name great, I'm prepared to live here. I'm prepared to live in this place with this much money, this much time, this much strength so that I can give to you, to exalt your name. Because he's saying you've got to count the cost. You know, I love the scripture that we use often for offering about the widow. You know, the widow that gives her last two coins and Jesus says, man, she gave more than anybody there. And everyone's like, wow, that's awesome. She gave everything. You know what? That scripture has got nothing to do with the amount of money that she gave. Nothing to do with the amount of money that you gave. That whole passage of scripture is about this, her heart attitude. Because what she was saying is, Lord, I am willing to live my life here to make your name great here. I'm willing to go without so that you can be exalted. See, Jesus calls you and I to count the cost. Count the cost. Count the cost. Count what it's going to cost you to live in the miraculous saving power of God. Count the cost. Count the cost of what it's, going to, what it's going to take for you to be able to be prophetic, for you to be able to heal people, for you to be able to worship. What is the cost in your life? Now, I, just, I love it when you stop and ponder about all of this. Because for me, to follow Jesus, it's going to cost us something. It has to. Because he said so. So you could sit there and say, no, it's not going to cost me anything. Rip it out. Because his words are his words. It's going to cost us something somewhere. Yeah? See, to follow Jesus... Is a sacrifice. To follow Jesus can involve sacrifice. Otherwise, the scripture's lying. To follow Jesus, I love it because this morning, Ben prayed and he started to pray and he started to use the words living sacrifice. So we would be a living sacrifice. You and I are called to be living sacrifices. So in Romans 12, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Yeah? Cheers. Now, Paul's not talking about sacrificing your life to the point of death. That can happen, and it does happen in some scenarios. There are martyrs for the cause of Jesus today, and there will always be martyrs for the cause of Jesus across the globe. You and I are very fortunate because we live in Australia. And I want to suggest that we probably will never have to face Torture, pain, etc., etc., because of the culture that we live in. Paul here is talking about a lifestyle. He's talking about a lifestyle to us. He, he's saying, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. See, it, it, it's our living, the way that we live, that is true and proper worship. The way that we live. It, it's a way of living that says, I'm willing. It's, it's a living that says, even if it costs me, still I will follow. Now, I don't know about some of you, because I could be showing my, my age here, 
But who remembers the old hymn, I have decided? Yeah? That's right. I've decided to follow Jesus. I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. It goes on, yeah? I love chorus two because then the next verse says, Though no one join me, I love it. Though no one join me, still I will follow. Still I will follow. And then the next verse says, The world behind me and the cross before me, no turning back, no turning back. There is one version or a couple of versions that add a fourth verse, and that verse is, take the whole world, but give me Jesus. See, it's got to cost us something. It's got, it has to cost you something because Jesus said so. And if it doesn't, then we're making him out to be a liar because they're the red letter words and we can't get away from them. That's there. He is our example. See, sacrifice is a demonstration of true discipleship. Like flat out disciple sacrifice. And he tells us in Matthew, now go out and make disciples of all the nations. And he tells us how to do it by loving one another the way that he loved us. So he tells us how. But a disciple, a disciple sacrifices in life because we're like the master. That's the whole point. You and me, we, we're supposed to be like Jesus. Come on. Man, I want to be like Jesus. I don't know about you. I want to be like Jesus. I want to do what he did and I want to do greater things. But it comes at a cost. You know, what Paul's saying in Romans is that every act of your body, in, in every act as you live out life, be an act of worship, every act, everything that you do. In other words, he's saying, let every act of our body in living show that Jesus is your treasure. Yeah? You've got to see my son Samuel when he's got money. You try to get his money and he turns out like he becomes a rabid dog, a wild cat. <laughs> you know, don't touch my bucks because it's his treasure. Jesus is supposed to be our treasure. Man, let every act of our body in life show that Jesus is more precious to us than anything else. Than anything else. Man, you've got to say that to yourself. Because it's not just me preaching. Man, I'm just going off the word. Jesus needs to be in our lives more precious than anything else. More precious than coffee. More precious than food. See, true discipleship is a sacrifice. To follow Jesus, it's going to cost us something. In Luke 14, we're going to go back a verse just to verse 26. And it reads, if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, I love the NLT version. If you want to be my, my disciple, you must, by comparison, by comparison, yeah, hate everyone else. Your father and your mother, your wife, your children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. Oh my goodness, let's just rip that page out too. Yeah? They're tough words. What's he saying? Because they're really strong. Luke's writing and he's giving us a warning. He forewarns us. It's going to cost you something to follow Jesus. It's going to cost you something to say yes. You just, can't, you just can't sit in the pew. You just can't sit in your house. You can't just sit in your car and say, yes, I love Jesus and that's it. There's a cost. There's a cost that comes with actually living in heavenly realms. There's a cost. See, following Jesus may cost you your family. You may never see your family again. You might be called overseas. They might not be happy with your decision. Yeah? He's not saying to simply hate them. He's not saying to forget about them or neglect them. That's not what he's saying. But if saying yes to Jesus for you, this is a question for you. Saying yes to Jesus meant that your family or your friends would disown you? What would you do? Because that's what he's saying. If saying yes to Jesus meant that your family's going to cut you off, what would you do? Would you say yes to Jesus? People say yes to a partner and their families cut them off. And they're, I'm, I'm not, you're not telling me what to do. I'm going to go out with them anyway. But for Jesus, would you say yes for Jesus? I've got two friends. 
Uh, and I bumped into one of them at the Planet Shakers conference and where the church I got saved in, we went to church together and Kula and Lucy, one's Greek and one's Italian, both came to the church that, that I got saved in. One was Greek Orthodox, one was Roman Catholic. Both were 16 or 17 at the time and they started visiting an independent Pentecostal church. They'd been a couple of weeks, they were invited and it got to a place where during an altar call they came forward and they put their hand up and they said, yes, I want to live for Jesus. I, wanna, I want him to be my Lord and Saviour. I want him to be number one in my life. Do you know what both their parents did? Cut them off completely. Both their parents, not knowing each other, both kicked their kids out of the house. Did they renounce Jesus? No. Because to follow Jesus sometimes is going to cost you something. I remember Kula's dad and her family and uncles came to the church yelling and screaming down the back, you brainwashed my daughter. We want her back. All she did was say yes to Jesus. Because sometimes following Jesus is going to cost us something, yeah? But you know what? There's nothing better in the whole world. He is worthy. Man, he's so worthy. You know, follow Jesus. You've got to pick up your cross and say, I'm willing. You know, Daddy, Papa doesn't want us, you and me, to stop halfway. He wants us to go all the way. Daddy, Daddy doesn't want us to stop the race halfway. He doesn't, he doesn't want half-hearted Christians. You've got to hear me. He doesn't want half-hearted Christians. He wants us to finish. He wants us to finish. And man, if you've ever run a race, sometimes it hurts. If you've ever played a game to win a grand final, sometimes at the end of the game you'll throw it up because it's just killing you. He doesn't want us to stop when it starts to get tough. That's why he tells us to count the cost. Revelation 3.15. I know all the things you do that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are lukewarm, and since you are lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. They're really tough words. They are really tough words. Either be cold about your faith or be red hot about your faith so that everyone knows where you stand. That's what he's saying. You know, can we be a people that will go all the way? See, once we say yes to Jesus, let's be real. Once we say yes to Jesus... We might not be able to keep the same circle of friends. You know, for the younger people in the house, once you say yes to Jesus and you let them know at school that you're following him, they might not want to be your buddy or pal. They just might not. But will you say yes to him? Because if you say yes to him, he says yes for you. If you say no to him, let me suggest that you're not walking on this side of the cross, yeah? Because there's a choice when you come to Jesus. It's one way or the other. You live in defeat and sin or you live in the victorious life. There is no, I'm going to straddle the cross. That's not how it works. It doesn't work that way. He's saying there's a cost. Will you make? Will you pay? Are you willing to make me your treasure? Will I be the one that's more precious than anything else? You know, once you say yes to Jesus, you might find that you're really lonely. You just might find that. People may not want to spend time with you because... You're a Jesus person. You know, they tell you they're sick and you go, oh, really? Let me pray for you. Hey, don't lay hands on me. You go out for dinner and you go, can I say grace first? Not that you have to, but I'm just saying, you know. And they're like, I don't want to spend time with him. He's weird. You know what I mean? Like, it just happens. You, you, it's nothing. You're just being you, who you are. God inside you is coming out and the world around you is freaking out. They're going, put him back in. We, that's too much Jesus. Tone it down. I know you reckon he died for you, but he didn't die for me and you're freaking me out. But what will you do? Will you say yes for Jesus? There's too many young people, too many old people that say maybe Jesus because they're afraid of losing their friends. There's a cost to following Jesus. You know, you might say yes to Jesus and like cooler and and Lucy, your parents may hate you. Your workmates might despise you. You know, you'll be looked at differently. I was reminded last night. I was reminded last night. I played football at the same football club for years and years and years. 
even with breaks in between. But from under 11s to about the age of 20, 19, 20, when I became a Christian, apart from a year, I played every year. And when I became a Christian, people found out because my brother told them, other people told them that I, I had given my heart to God and I was going to this church, you know, and it wasn't a Catholic church that I'd grown up in, you know. So what God reminded me of last night, there was one particular person who was part of the police force. He had muscles similar to mine coming out everywhere, you know. And, and I remember now John just, it, like, it felt like every second training session, you know. It, it's amazing what God reminds you of when you sit there and you start to ponder stuff, yeah. And he would just ridicule and he would say the nastiest and the crudest things to get a reaction just to see, well, how Christian are you if you're following this Jesus? And he would mock me and, 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 and scoff at me. He would just do stuff to get, to get under my skin, you know. It cost me something to follow Jesus at the local footy club. It's going to cost you something. And for most of you, it probably already has. And for some of you, it's coming. You know, to count the cost is saying, no matter what, I'm willing. No matter what, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. You know, in 1 Peter chapter 4, see, this, this message should be challenging but invigorating. Tough but inspire, yeah? Because it should press us and push us and motivate us to grab him with both hands. Dear friends, it says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery or fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. I love the passage because I can hear, almost hear Peter's tone. Come on, guys. Are you really surprised? Seriously? About all that you're going through? Jesus told us it was going to happen. Snap out of it. Toughen up. Have some cement. Get used to it. You know, are you really so surprised that you're going through stuff? I can hear Peter. Like, I can flat out hear him. He's saying, this is normal. This is so normal, he made sure that he wrote it. Yeah? Didn't you know that when you and I said yes to Jesus, we were signing up for some of that? Yeah? You and I, when we said yes to Jesus, we were signing up to his family. Yes, yes, and amen. 100%. Man, that's the best. That's the good stuff. This is where I want to live, yeah? But we're also signing up for his army. <laughs> when I came to faith, we used to sing a chorus, God's got an army. God's got an army marching through this land. Did anyone remember that? A, a few of us oldies? Yeah? Come on. Deliverance in their song and healing in their hand, with everlasting joy and gladness in their hearts. And then with a smile on your face, you'd say, and in this army, I have a part. Man, they, they were excited. Onward, Christian soldier. They were excited about being part of the army of God, doing battle against the enemy, winning souls for the kingdom so they could live on this side of the cross. They were prepared to count the cost. That's why Paul says in 2 Timothy, in verse, um, chapter 4, verse 7, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have fought the good fight. He doesn't say, I've scrambled a great egg. Yeah? He doesn't say, I walked a long way. He says, I have fought the good fight. There's a reason that he used that as a picture, as an analogy. Because we're in a battle, yeah? He says, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. And the wondrous thing about a soldier is that they fight to the end. You don't join up for the army or, you know, and go out to war and you get out there and all of a sudden, you know, even with when Peter says, why are you so surprised about the fiery trials? All of a sudden there's gunshots and there's bullets and so you run back to the commander and you go, dude, I can't do this. They're, they're shooting real bullets. Well, what did you think you were getting into? So Peter says, don't be surprised when these fiery trials come at you. And then he says, and fight the good fight. So in everything that's coming at us in life or with the enemy, whatever it is, we're like, man, you know what? I'm dodging those bullets. Oh, one skinned me, but I'm going to keep going for Jesus. Because we're counting the cost. 
But it's a good cost. To follow Jesus will cost us something. You know, when, we're, when you're at war, it's a cost, it's a sacrifice. We just need to be able to say, God, I love you more than all of this and all of that. I am willing. You know, yes, we're saved. Yes, we're his children, heirs and co-heirs. He, I mean, we're sitting with him in heaven. You know, we're there with God. The fullness of God is inside of us. We can get no more God inside of us. That's why we can do what we do if we walk in the authority of who we really are. But there's a cost for all of that. And it's not just his cost. It's also, some of it's our cost. Jesus himself suffered at the hands of the enemy. You know, just because of who we are and whose we are does not mean we are exempt from trials and tribulations. If that was the case, we could rip out half the pages in the Gospels. We can't live by the epistles alone. Yeah? <laughs> We've got to read and live by the, the red-letter words. First Peter chapter 2 says, To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example. Oh my goodness. Like he suffered for us and he left us an example and then he hits us with a killer blow that you should follow in his steps. Oh please, please, please just rip that out. Please take that out, Peter. Why did you write that? Come on. I know that he gave us an example on what he did on the cross. You know, I know that. But that we should follow in his steps. There are men and women across the globe, children that have physically followed in his steps for the cause of Christ. They have counted the cost. But our cost might be different, but it's still a cost. You know, if the enemy went for Jesus then I need you to be aware. I need to be aware that the enemy will go after us. That's why we read in John 10.10, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. We always live on the, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full, amen. But have life and have it to the full comes after the enemy's tried to attack you and you've overcome because we are more than conquerors. And because we are more than conquerors, now we can live this abundant life. You know, praise God that we may never in this country have to suffer torture and stuff at this point, yeah? But it'll cost us something. There's a cost to being a disciple. Work buddies, money, reputation, yeah? Relationships. It can cost you relationships. I don't know how many people I've met over time that for some reason or another have said yes to Jesus and one partner said yes, the other said no, and over time, you know, they've just decided to follow Jesus and so the other person's decided to walk away, you know? It can cost us something. Why do so many Christians feel that we're too good to suffer like Jesus when it tells us in his word that we will? <laughs> it costs us something to follow Jesus. It just comes down to how much we love him. It comes down to how much faith we have in him. He gave everything for us. So what are we prepared to give to him and for him to make him known? Yeah, Just to make him known, to make him great, to make him exalted. It's saying... You know, counting the cost of saying, Jesus, I love you more than all of this. Jesus, I love you more than life. And I know it's probably not anyone in this room, but I know people that say, well, you know, that's nice, but I'm not a soldier for Jesus. That's nice, but I'm, I'm not at war with the enemy. Really? Are you sure about that? Why do you think we've been so well equipped to fight the good fight? You know, we read in Ephesians in chapter 6, You've got to love it. Chapter 6, verse 10, it says a final word. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armour so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. The battle's not against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle. We are at war. But... To do war, we've got to live here, yeah, on this side of the cross. To do war, we have to worship him. To do war, we have to be focused on him. Think of it like this. When we're living for ourselves, the enemy's not interested. Is that a fair call? When we're living for ourselves, the enemy's not interested. But the minute we give our life to Jesus and say yes to him, all of a sudden, we become of interest. And, and I, I guess the... the the best way to put that into some sort of perspective, because all of a sudden he wants to rob us of the very faith that we've just stepped into. If you play sport, any sport, you can play football. Let's, we'll pick football. 
You play football, but you're on the interchange bench. You could have all the skills in the world. You could be one of those magical footballers that can turn a game around. While you're sitting on the bench, the enemy, which is the opposition, doesn't give two hoots, doesn't care, doesn't run after you, doesn't chase you, doesn't tackle you, doesn't care while you're sitting on the bench because you are having no influence on the game. But the minute you step over that white line and say yes for Jesus, ah, now it's a different story. Now the enemy wants to come, wants to bump, wants to tackle, wants to get the ball off you because now you're having an effect on the game. That's why we have such great arsenal at our disposal to be able to do battle. It's just going to cost us something because you and I have an enemy. We have an adversary. And that's why Peter says in, 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 in chapter 5 of 1 Peter, he says, stay alert. Watch out for the great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So Peter's just saying, hey, be alert. Stay focused on me. Keep your eyes on your fries, yeah? My kids learn. You don't, you don't take your eyes off your chips. It's all over, even for a moment. You, you just move away like, what's that over there? They know now. Samuel, what's that over there? Nothing. Like he covers it, he knows. We've got to be as wise as that. You know, that's why as a church we encourage you to get to church, to be around other believers. That's why we encourage you to get to friendship group, to be encouraged and build relationships. See, what the enemy tries to do, he tries to get you alone. Yeah, The roaring lion always goes for the person that's straggling behind. So what does our enemy do? Our enemy comes along and says, you don't have to go to church every week. That's okay, stay at home. You'll be a Christian there. Yeah, you will be. You're not going to be very effective at home alone. Let me tell you, you know, I think the scripture tells, for me anyway, scripture is very clear. We're so busy with life. We've got kids' sports and we've got homework and oh, we, brought, we actually brought work home from work and we can't get to a friendship group. You're alone and there's a devouring lion. Yeah? You may not see it, but I'm telling you, all of those things, all of those I don't want to use the word excuses because some things are, are right, yeah? But all of those thoughts that come into our mind that start to separate us from the body, and hey, we only have to come to church for two hours on a Sunday, the enemy has got in there bit by bit and has just removed you from the pack because he's a devouring lion that's ready to pounce. John 10.10, 10, he wants to steal, rob, destroy, he wants to take your faith and leave you helpless. It's going to cost us something. It's going to cost us something to make a decision to be around the body. It's going to cost us something to, to build relationships with people we don't normally spend time with. It's going to cost us something to get into friendship group. It's going to cost us something to reach out to people. It's going to cost us something. You know, we shared the other week how Dan's been going out and praying for people and just sharing a word. You know what? That costs him something. And I don't mean to, to, to point you out, Dan, but you know what? When you go out to someone that you don't know and you're like, man, you know, God's given me a word for you. There's a, there's a big cost right there because all of a sudden there's some fear there. There's a little bit of shame. What happens if I pray for this person with this broken leg and he's not healed? Oh, my goodness. How embarrassing is that? There's a cost in that. You might think, oh, that's not too bad. You get out there and do it and you watch the enemy pound your mind with negative thoughts, yeah? Or all of a sudden you've got a prophetic word for someone and you think, man, I should share that. I've got a word for Barry. And then the enemy says, oh, don't. What happens if it's not for Barry? What happens if I didn't hear right? Uh, I mean, I think I saw Gene. I don't know what. And the enemy gets in there because there's a cost. To step out in faith, there's a cost. To receive a healing, there's a cost. To be like Jesus, there's a cost. And it's going to cost us something. But you know what? In that cost, in that cost, we become more like Jesus. In that cost, we see a community that's completely and utterly transformed because we're walking in who we are and whose we are. But it's going to cost us. But are you prepared to pay the piper? Are we prepared to say, Lord, I'm willing, no matter what it costs me. You know, when Mel and I came to Ballarat, we knew it was the call of God. But you have to speak to my wife about the discussions that she had with her mum. Her mum was furious that we were moving so far away, an hour and a half, like it's not like we are interstate. I personally would have moved interstate. I would have been happy with a bigger gap. But her mum, her mum was like, you're taking my grandkids. When will I see them? How can you go so far away? 
we, you know, like she, she was beside herself and it was killing Mel. Mel knew it was a call of God to come to Ballarat. But you know what? That call of God felt like it was costing her her family. Not because she hated them or she's neglecting them. Just that was the reaction when she said, I'm going to Ballarat for Jesus. There's a cost. There's a cost to say yes to Jesus. There's a cost. There's a cost of raising hands. I would, but I feel stupid. There's a cost, your pride. It's a cost to dancing. There is freedom, we sang. There's a cost to dancing. You go to a, an African nation, they can't dance, but they dance madly everywhere. You know, like they're just like arms going. Like, that's not dancing for me. But it's got nothing to do with their pride or who they are. They're just dancing in freedom for God. They counted the cost. Well, you probably think, Senan, that you can dance. <laughs> you know what? My example comes when I watch Wilson. Wilson's not very good. He's not here. And I know he's Kenyan, but we'll pick on Wilson. There's a cost. There's a cost. There's a cost. But when, when, when you weigh up the cost for Jesus, you don't care what people think. You, you don't care whether you're doing the planet shakers up and down hop or whether you're spinning around like, you know, there's the sound of music. It doesn't matter. You know, you, you get to that place, I said last week, you're worshipping God and you're thinking, oh my goodness, I, I, I've got these alligator hands, you know. I'm worshipping God and all of a sudden you become human and go, yes, God. And you count the cost of what your neighbour's going to think, of what your conservative, you know, partner, cousin, ancestor, family's going to think. You count the cost. You know, you sing and all of a sudden you, you, you're singing louder than ever before. You used to sing really quietly and you, you, you muffle your voice, but now you just, you're letting it rip. You're letting, you're letting everyone hear that you're absolutely tone deaf. And then, but it's just all for Jesus because you're counting the cost. Because there's a lost and dying world that is reliant upon us stepping out in faith and counting the cost because He's worthy. Do you understand? He's worthy. That's why Dan goes out, because he's worthy. That's why we pray for people, because he's worthy. That's why Sandra got up. Sandra, you had me in tears, because she's been through a journey and counted the cost along the way and asked questions that some of us would never ask, because the cost for her was just, some of that is shame, some of that is just our, our pride, you know. But I'm just going to ask anyway, because I want this Jesus. There's a cost to following Jesus. There's a cost. Man, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first, he says. Man, again, I'm sorry, they're red letter words. There's a cost to following Jesus, but he's so worthy. He's so worthy. Why don't we stand? I'm getting too excited and emotional. Andrew, please. Thank you. Lord, no matter what comes my way, I will always love you. Even if I'm rejected, Lord, I will still love you. Even if I'm slandered, I will never forsake you, Lord. Though I may be alone, I will continue to follow. You are my rock. I may be ridiculed, but you will always be my daddy and my papa and my king. See, faith takes courage. Courage to go through trials. Courage to count the cost. And that's why James writes, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love Him. To those who love Him. Yeah? It's those who love Him that are still being endured with testing and temptation. See, we show our love when it's tested and we still stand for Him. God is our treasure. He is the pearl of great price. Yeah? The truth is Jesus knows all of us, everyone's idol. He knows it. He knows if it's family, He knows if it's home, He knows if it's friends, He knows if it's money. 
He knows everyone's idol. And Jesus knows perfectly what's competing in our heart with affection for him. And he looks every one of us, you know, in the face, in the heart this morning. And he sees right inside. And he knows that to follow him, that it's going to cost us something. And it's going to be different for every one of us. What will it cost you to follow Jesus? He is worthy. We just need to say, I'm willing. We just need to say, today, I love you more than all of these. I love you more than all of that. We just need to be able to say, you are more precious than life, Jesus. You are more precious than the words that are being spoken, yelled at. You are more precious than my friends ridiculing me. You are more precious than my family cutting me off. You are more precious than the pain that I feel. You are more precious because you are my King and my God. We need to be able to say, I'm willing to go without that stuff, whatever that might be, so that your name will be exalted in all the earth. Yeah. I want us to um, sing for a moment. If the worship team could come forward, that would be great. I just want us, just in this, in this place right now, in his presence, I want us to sing how worthy God is. I want us to, in our hearts, I, I want you to picture how much he is worth to you. How much of a treasure he is to you. What you're prepared to lose to hold on to him. I want you to grab hold of that in your heart of hearts this morning. And I want us to sing this. Just for a moment. So worthy. See, there's a decision that has to be made in our hearts. Revelation song. today. This is for you. You're saying, Lord, you're worthy.
blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love Him. When you count the cost, there's a blessing. There's a blessing in your walk that comes from counting the cost. There's an authority that comes, that, 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 that comes out of the, the living water that's inside of you when you count the cost. We're, we're going to do something really strange. We're going to shift songs here to the, the miracle song. Because when you've counted the cost, yeah, when you've said in your heart, God, you are, you are worthy. You are my everything. Yeah? You've counted that cost. It says then that we step into this abundant life. It says then that the crown of life, for those who've endured, we step into that. And there's a different sound that comes with that. There's a different sound. It's not just a yearning of wanting to push through, but it's stepping into promise. We need to step into promise. If you've counted the cost this morning, then this morning we need to step into promise. Can I have the words up on the screen, Ash, just for a minute? God of miracles. Where is it? Then I'm going to change the next one. <laughs> I've just got to find it. Uh, God of miracles. Oh, too fast. Battle is oh, too fast. <laughs> God of dead. He's alive. He already knows my every need. Surely he will come and rescue me. Next slide, please. See, there's nothing that's impossible for God when you count the cost. When you pray for someone, You've counted the cost. You've worn the shame, the fear. You've stepped out. Nothing is impossible for God. But unless you count the cost, you can't sing this song. Do you understand? Like, it's a, it's a progression, you know? To count the cost is a blessing. To count the cost is something that God brings us into. We can't step into that if we can't carry our own cross. So today we looked at carrying our own cross, but now let's step into the promise of God. He's a God of miracles. And what does He do? He uses us. We are His hands and His feet extended. If we're prepared to count the cost, amen. So this song, we just, we just declared that God is everything, yeah? But now we're going to grab hold of this and claim this as a promise for our life. Because this is where we want to live, amen.
let's sing it again. The world is shaking. Just for a minute, church, I want you to sing this softly. See, in these words, what's not written on the screen are these words. I will follow you, God, no matter how shaky life gets, no matter what comes my way. Lord, I will stand for you always. I will love you. You are more precious than my life. See, when the world's shaking and God's not shaking, <laughs> And we're breaking, but we're not broken. It's because we're walking with Him. It's because we focused on Him. It's because we've made Him number one. That's because we said we're going to follow you to the end of our days. You are our God and our King and our Saviour and we love you. So let's just sing this softly. This world is shaking, but you cannot be. Father, in this place, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be courageous too. That no matter what comes our way, Father, whether it be rejection and ridicule from friends, Lord God, whether it comes from family, whether it's the fear of faces and pride and shame, Father, I pray that to exalt your name, to make your name great, Lord, that we would count that cost, Father that we would pick up our cross, Lord, and that we would follow you. Lord, we would follow you because you're our King and we will follow you because you've set a path before us, an example for us. So, Lord, we will stand for you always. Lord, in our workplaces, Lord, you will be number one in our hearts. Lord, in our schools, God, in our universities, Father, we will never deny you. Lord, amongst our family and friends, we will share your goodness. Lord, in our community, God, we will make your name great. We will exalt you above all other names. Father, you are our treasure, God. You are the one more precious than all of that stuff. Lord, in this place, we lift up your name. In this place, we count the cost to make you great love you in this house. Church, just quietly, why don't you just tell God between you and your Father, just tell Him how much you love Him. Just amongst yourselves. To Him. Don't worry about the person next to you. 
count the cost of even that. They might hear what you're saying to God. (laughs) Father, this week, Lord, as we head out from this place, I pray that there would be a courage and a fire deep within us, Father, to exalt your name. This week, I pray that each and every one of us would have an opportunity to share, Lord, the goodness of your Son, Jesus. And I pray, God, that we'll count the cost at that moment, Father, that we would be good witnesses, Lord God, that we would share your beauty and your grace and your mercy. Father, give us the courage to live a life, Lord, that we can step out of the shadows, Lord, move away from the fear, that we can cry out and know and claim that we are more than conquerors in you. Lord, we will follow you. Lord, we have decided to follow Jesus. And there is no turning back. There is no turning back. Lord, the world behind us and the cross before us. Lord, there's no turning back. There is no turning back. And Father, though no one follow, still we will follow you. We love you in this place. This week, step out in that faith. This week, step out in that courage. Step out. This week, step out in that knowing the cost to follow Jesus. But knowing that what comes after that is so great, is so wonderful, that though we might be breaking, we won't be broken. Have a great Sunday. Have a great Sunday in Jesus' name. Have a great Sunday in Jesus' name. Amen.